Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got an interesting item. If you'll follow me over here, we from time to time get various items through the shop, uh, some for sale, some on consignment, some merely for display, and you never know when we might come across a particular collection. And just the other day, we had the good fortune to to come across this particular collection. If you'll look over here, as we take the lid off the box here, you'll find a collection of vials. And if you take a closer look inside, you'll find that this is a collection of blood samples. Now, the previous owner, there's no telling if they were vampiric in nature, collecting souvenirs, or possibly testing for some alien pathogen. But needless to say, they did have a keen interest in blood. And therein lies the lifeblood, if you will, of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shudder Original Perpetrator. So you will have to forgive me. Uh, it's been a while since our last show, our last episode. It's been uh, it's been kind of a dry spell for horror fantasy and science fiction when it comes to movies and and you know we've got a lot of TV shows starting up. Ahsoka's going on right now. We got some really good horror anthologies and series coming out in October and movies and the like coming out here in the, the next few weeks. But right now, there's just not a lot to talk about. And and of course, we had the uh, Labor Day holiday this past weekend, and the fifth was my wife and I's anniversary. So I took a little time off away from the podcast uh, to, you know, just, uh, just recuperate since we are in a bit of a downtime things are really going to pick up throughout September really once we start getting into October is really where things get balls to the walls and we've got a lot of shows and movies and stuff to come out uh, especially the horror genre in that regard but uh, I, I took a little time off uh, so I want to thank everyone for for sticking with the podcast and coming back and I wish I had a better movie to come back with uh, come back with a vengeance was something really good but this movie that recently came out on September 1st on Shutter called Perpetrator uh, I hate to say it, it is not that movie now was it a good movie was it a bad movie uh, you know we'll talk about that and I'll get a little more into that as we get into the the more spoilery section but I saw this movie and I heard about it I'd seen the the images and the movie poster and some of the promotional materials for this uh, here here you know over the past month or so. So I had this on my radar and I didn't know much about it until I finally saw it on Shutter on September 1st and I thought okay I'll give this a watch. This sounds interesting enough. And it was an interesting movie, but I don't know if it was a good movie. Of course it's by Jennifer Reeder. 
Uh, she's the director and the writer, and you may know her from you know various things. Uh, she's done a lot of indie stuff. Knives and Skin, I know, uh, was kind of a breakout film for her and not one that I'd watched. I knew her more from VHS 94. Now VHS 94, for my money, not my favorite in the VHS franchise. I I really didn't care for, for VHS 94. I mean, it had a couple good stories. The subject I thought was really good. Terror was really good. And the part that Jennifer Reeder uh, directed in 94, VHS 94, was the holy hell. It, it was the prologue and it was kind of the through line for this whole thing about this SWAT team breaking into this facility and they keep coming across TVs and things playing the various uh, stories that we get to see. As anyone who's watched any of the VHS movies, that's kind of the, the motif for that. But I have to say the holy hell uh, bits where, you know, they had the prologue and the little thing in between each of the stories just wasn't that good. It was very meandering. It felt very pointless and didn't really tell a story that I felt was very compelling if it told a story at all, at least with the other ones, you had a little bit of character progression and uh, a story progression. This was a bunch of SWAT people wandering around this facility and finding a bunch of things that really didn't amount to much of anything. And I can't even tell you how it ended because I just didn't care about the end of it. So uh, Jennifer Reeder, uh, you know, I, I think she she has a good style. I mean, visually, it looked interesting and it was compelling to watch uh, from, a, from a visual standpoint. But from a storytelling standpoint, I just didn't like the holy hell part of VHS 94. So, uh, you know, I was still interested to see what she could do with the full length feature. Like I said, I hadn't seen Knives and Skin. So. So I was really looking forward to seeing Perpetrator and seeing what Jennifer Reeder could do with a with a feature length film, and it was it was much of the same. You know, we're not going to get too spoilery right now, but I, are gonna, I am going to get into some spoilery uh, bits coming up in a little bit. But I have to say that was probably my biggest thing from this. It looked interesting and visually had some very interesting things. I just think where this movie lacked was from a writing standpoint. It just had a lot of really interesting ideas and a lot of interesting visuals that didn't pay off a well-told story. And, you know, I hate to say that about any, you know, person that, that writes a film and directs a film because, you know, they're they're pouring themselves into this. But, but if I just don't... It's not that I didn't get it. Uh, I, I got it. I just... I, I didn't care because there was so much that was left on the table. Uh, so many questions that never really got answers. And instead of getting answers, I got more questions. And not in a good way. Not in a, ooh, I wonder if this is where they were thinking about that and where they were going with the other thing. It just was like, well, what the hell was that? And why are we doing this? And... What does that, what's this supposed to mean? And, it, you know, it, it had problems like that in the storytelling, uh, which, you know, when, when the story is, is really tough to follow, the, the film is going to suffer no matter how good a cast. And I thought the cast was, was pretty decent. Kai McKiernan, I thought did a really good job as Johnny Alicia Silverstone, who Alicia Silverstone, I mean, let's be honest, she's not a great actress. 
she she you know she does a good job with some of the things that she does, but she got kind of typecast throughout the '90s uh, when her fur- career was first kicking off. But now she's an older woman, and she's starting to get you know I, I can't remember what it was whether it was it was some anthology story and uh, like she's playing a mom. So you know Alicia Silverstone's kind of moving into the next phase of her career, and I think the older she gets, the better her acting gets. And to me, as an actress, this is probably one of the best things I've seen her do in quite a while. And uh, she plays the the Aunt Hildy. And I-, I thought she did a really stunning job with this. Very, very cold and very mysterious and kind of a, a creepy vibe about her. And it's very playing against type for Alicia Silverstone. And I thought she did a really good job with this. Chris Lowell, who you may remember him from Glow, and I I liked him in Glow. I thought he did a really good job with that series. Uh, played Sebastian Howard, the uh, the guy who with the money behind the uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, he did a really good job in that. I thought, I thought he did a really good job with this film. I just felt that his character, Principal Burke, was just kind of the same character from Glow, only instead of running a ladies wrestling business, uh, he's running a school. You had a couple other standouts like uh, Melanie LaBird, who plays uh, this character, what we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, She was only in the movie briefly, but I wish I could have seen more of her in this movie because I thought just what little she was on the screen... Uh, she did a really good job, and I, I found her character more interesting than a lot of the other characters. And then there's a lot of B characters that that they bring in, uh, you know, the the group of friends that Johnny has. Uh, but, you know, they all do a fine job. Uh, not great jobs, but they did uh, a fine job for what this movie was. And it's a basically about this girl. She's a teenage girl on the verge of being 18. She's kind of wild and impulsive, uh, Johnny, that is. And she ends up having to go... Uh, live with her aunt and starts at a new school on the, like I said, the verge of her 18th birthday. And she's going through all these changes and finds out that she has a power inside her that she unlocks and uses that to survive. And uh, that's, you know, that's a lot of the uh, descriptions I've seen of this movie all kind of say various versions of the same thing. And I, I think it doesn't do the movie justice, but if you did the movie justice, just based on a little two or three sentence blurb, I don't think you could because then it would just get as confusing as the movie itself was. But don't take my word for it. If you haven't watched Perpetrator, I, I encourage you to watch it. I would never say don't watch a movie. It, it's got to be a real shitty movie for me to say don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Uh I rarely ever say that. I don't think it was that good. Uh, I, I think it had a lot of interesting visuals. And I think as a director, Jennifer Reeder has a, a lot of really interesting ideas, visually speaking. But I think as a writer, she really, you know, this is something where it needed another helping hand in the writing process to help flesh out some of these ideas and make some of the story just flow better and be a little more coherent. I found myself really bored like partway through this movie. And and it's not a terribly long film. I mean, it's like an hour and 40 minutes, but wow, it, it felt every bit of that and more. And I, I just really think that this is a movie that 
Uh, it had some stunning visuals. It just needed some help in the story department. And the acting, while the acting was was pretty good, it still couldn't save just a very... At times, it felt like a nonsensical script. And I'll get into my, my thoughts on that a little more in the, the spoilery section. But if you haven't watched Perpetrator, go check it out. It's on Shudder right now. And see what you think. And come back and listen to my thoughts on it. See if maybe... Maybe you agree with me. Maybe you won't agree with me. Maybe you'll think it's great. I don't think it was horrible. I just don't think it was good. <laughs> I, 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 It had a lot of good things going for it. But all in all, the movie just wasn't that great. So go check it out for yourself. But uh, if you have watched it or you don't care one way or the other, stick with me because we're going to get into some spoiler territory. So the movie started out pretty interesting. Yeah, we meet Johnny. She's stealing things, bringing it home to her dad. Her mom's not in the picture. You really get to meet the Johnny character and and get introduced to what is going on in her world. Uh, like I said, her mom's not in the picture, but her dad is. But her dad's got something weird. Like there's that one scene where his face starts to shift. And you're like, okay, this power that they're talking about in the synopsis, it's some sort of shape-shifting. Uh, that's what it is. And I thought, okay, that's cool. Um, you know, we don't see a ton of that. Uh, I think that will be kind of interesting. And then the, the dad starts acting weird and ships her off to her aunt to kind of take care of her. And, and while the dad figures things out. And then that's where we meet uh, Alicia Silverstone's uh, Hildy character, which to me was probably the most interesting character outside of the Melanie LeBird uh, character that we meet later. And, uh, and uh, I know I'm in a spoilery section, but I won't talk about who she is and, until we get to that point. But I thought Alicia Silverstone was really good and some of the best, creepiest moments of this movie. And this is a horror movie, and, and it has a, a good amount of blood, but not a ton of gore. And it does have, you know, some some moments that kind of lean into body horror when you have the Principal Burke climax where he's got this kind of tube into this, uh, yeah, I don't know, biological port in his chest and in the, the girls he's abducting's chest. It, it was really kind of weird. Like I said, had kind of a body horror David Cronenberg vibe to it. So it did have some gore to it, but not not a ton. Uh, it was more blood than anything, but didn't really have a lot of good scares. But it did have a lot of atmosphere and did have a lot of creepy moments. And I think some of those creepy moments and some of the best lit scenes. You know, this movie gets a lot of flack for the cinematography and the lighting and how flat everything is. But that, some of the more interesting scenes visually from a, from a lighting standpoint, from an atmosphere and attention standpoint were those scenes with Alicia Silverstone and Kaya McKiernan uh, when they're kind of having their little talks about what is going on, especially that first one. It's a dark room, but you get a, a little lighting of the face and just Alicia Silverstone's performance in these scenes where she is this very eccentric and odd, you know, older woman who knows more than she's letting on and is being very mysterious and creepy. I, I just loved her performance in those scenes and, and her performance added to a lot of the creepiness that you got in this movie. There wasn't a ton of it. But any creepy moment she had involved Alicia Silverstone and revolved around the performance that she put on. That's that's why I think she's probably the standout. 
and and she's probably the more accomplished, uh, the more veteran actor in this cast. Uh, so so what do you think? You know, no matter what you think about her as an actress, and like I said, I've never really cared much for her acting abilities over the years. I do think she was typecast a lot in the 90s when she was a lot younger. Uh, I think she's getting more interesting roles now that she's older. And I, like I said, every time I see her in something recently, I've enjoyed her more and more the older she's got. I think her performances are, are just more genuine. And, and maybe it's more because I'm a guy and I didn't get the whole teenage girl thing back, uh, you know, when Alicia Silverstone was first starting out. Uh, she was just the girl from the Aerosmith videos. But I think maybe now that she is older, you know, I can I can look at her as an actress and not just that girl from the Aerosmith videos that was in Clueless. And I finally remembered, <laughs> as I was sitting there going through all that, my mind's still turning, and it was The Lake, that, uh, that story from American Horror Stories last year. Not my favorite season of American Horror Stories out of all two of them, but in an episode that had a lot of potential and turned out to be not as good as I hoped it would be, uh, Alicia Silverstone, I really enjoyed her performance in that. But yeah, the bulk of this movie, it's just this big mystery of who this... Uh, kidnapper is because you've got the story with Johnny and she's developing her powers and she, the discovery of her powers. And, and then you've got this B story where there is some kidnapper killer that's out snatching girls from Johnny's high school. And, and it really plays out like a mystery as to who it is. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't really know who it is because they didn't give you a ton of red herrings to, to make you believe it was one person or another. You had to believe the cop was involved somewhere along the way. And they uh, almost essentially allude to the fact that, you know, he happens to be around every time somebody disappears and the cop's son and his involvement. But as, as far as a mystery goes, it really wasn't good because it never really, like I said, it never gave you that red herring to think, oh, it's this person when it's actually that person and you miss the clues all along. They really didn't leave you any clues that the principal Burke character played by Chris Lowell was the kidnapper the whole time. Uh, he was weird and and odd, and as a principal, did a lot of weird things. That uh, and and the dialogue was really weird at this high school, especially when it involved the principal Burke character. Uh, that's the one of the things I, you know, when you read a lot of the press for this, you get a lot of quotes from people that I'm like, I don't know who's saying this about this movie, but. Uh, I heard a lot, and I think they even put in the trailer that it's a like a combination of David Lynch and John Hughes, and and I can get that to a degree because, like I said, Jennifer Reeder did a lot of interesting surreal visuals, like when they dive into the puddles of blood and that whole thing, and and I'll get into my thoughts on all that here uh, in in 
before too long, but I can get the surrealism that felt very David Lynch-like. I get the John Hughes reference because this is kind of a teen coming-of-age story. It's a different kind of teen coming-of-age story, but a coming-of-age story all the same. It almost felt a little like Heather's in some regards as well, with uh, a a bit of teen satire thrown in there. Uh, You know, so I I get that. Uh, You could even, like I said, mix in a little David Cronenberg because it did delve into some body horror. So you can really Really see the influences and feel the influences in this movie. Like I said, the problem was is just everything that happened in it was so nonsensical and unexplained. And I'm not one that needs to have everything spelled out for me. But when you're setting up some kind of lore that I should understand then you need to give me some way to understand it. And that's what it was with this power with Hildy and with Johnny. And, and and you know, I've been holding off on saying this, but the Jean character, who is Johnny's mother, uh, who was Johnny's father, she's a shapeshifter, and she turned into Johnny's father or, or some amalgamation of a bunch of different guys that she was posing as, as Johnny's father. And it was her mother that's been missing all these years the whole time. The Melanie LeBird character, you almost get the end result. Like, this is what Johnny could be. But that's that's about the it of it. And they do have that one scene where where Hildy is and makes the birthday cake for Johnny. And it's this blood and it awakens whatever's going on inside of Johnny. But you never really get a good sense of what is going on with Johnny. You get a lot of nosebleeds and you get a lot of menstruation scenes and you get a lot of blood, but you never really understand what's going on with her outside of the fact Hildy kind of explains it. She calls it the forevering and it's uh, the result of empathy for everything. Uh, She even calls it reverse possession. I'm like, that doesn't fucking mean anything to me. What what are you talking about? And and she goes on to say that she's been buried alive twice for having these feelings. And I'm like, I, I don't understand. I know this is all like a big metaphor for feminism. This movie has a very feminist point to it. It's a big metaphor for, for feminism. Uh, you know, in, in the photos uh, that Hildy has around the house, it suggests that she's a lot older than she really appears to be. And that kind of leads into the forevering thing. But but it also, you know, kind of some of the things she's talking about is, that, you know, how women have been uh, fighting and have had their back against the wall when it comes to just basic rights and the patriarchy and all that. And I get all that. It just, it never really tied into these powers at all because the powers are never really explained. The mythology and the lore behind these powers are never explained. You know, you've got uh, Johnny who... You know, her her powers in, in some regard are very empathic. Uh, in other regards, they're very mirroring and very mimicking. Uh, you know, they, they delve into the shape-shifting thing that we get to see with her mother, but you never really get to see with her. I mean, she, they do some of those scenes where her face starts to shift a little, but you never really see her change into anyone else. And you just don't know really what she is. You know, when she's talking about, uh, Hildy, that is, is talking about, uh, Johnny's mother calls her a fiend's fiend. And 
to me, that's, you know, a fiend is a very particular kind of creature in lore. But did any of these powers play into that? No, it didn't really feel like it. The The creepy teeth that uh, Johnny had at the very end looked like fiend teeth. But I don't know, you know, what that even, you know, how that even tied in with the powers with the feminist message. You know, Hildy has some... Some, whether, you know, it'd be with the cake thing, whether sticking her finger into the, you know, deep into the droplet of blood, you know, where her fingers would be going through the floor. You know, it, it tied into some maybe witchcraft. I, I just spent this whole time wondering what the hell these powers are and what the hell it all means as far as the powers, what it means to the character, what she is going to become. And none of them, none of those questions were ever really answered. Then there was the line from Hildy where she, you know, she says, you can pass along this, this power to other people, but there's a toll and, and that sort of thing. And then at the very end, you have that, that uh, scene where Hildy and I think Jean is there and Johnny and all of Johnny's friends who were abducted and, and even some that weren't. And they're all going to have cake, and it's a, you know it's implying that they are waking up these these girls and going to give them these powers so they can't be abused by a man. And, and I get that. That's I think that's a good message. You know, they're awakening, awakening the feminist in, in all of us. And, but I just like I said, it, it felt very much to me like Jennifer Reader had an idea. She wanted to do a, a metaphor for feminism and awakening feminism in, in all women. And that's a good and noble point and a metaphor to, to get across. But when you put the cart before the horse, and I, I've made this complaint about a lot of movies, where it's like, I've got this idea. I've got this message I want to get out there. How do I do it? Well, let's do it. I want to do it in a horror movie. So how do I how do I fit a horror movie around this message instead of putting the horror first? I want to do a horror movie and let's see if I can weave a message into that or let a message develop through that. Uh, it, it really felt like she was putting the message before the horror. That's why I say most of this movie was not scary. Uh, there were very few eerie, creepy scenes. There was a couple, like I said, a lot of them dealing with the Alicia Silverstone character, Hildy. But it just wasn't very scary. And at times, like I said, pretty damn boring. There is a point at uh, probably at end of the second act, maybe throughout the whole second act. I'm like, good God almighty, is this movie still going? And it, it felt, like I said, an hour 40 movie that felt every bit of two hours long. And and that is because it had too many messages it was trying to send. It didn't send any of them clearly or concisely. And it just muddied the waters with the rest of the movie because the horror elements revolved around the message. And that just made them kind of nonsensical because you really didn't take any time nor care to to explain what's going on. And like I said, I don't need everything spelled out for me, but you got to you got to give me a little something more to go on. You have to connect the loose ends. You have to connect the dots and oh okay, I see where they're going with this. I see what her powers are. I don't think I don't even know if Jennifer Reader knows clearly and concisely and can express 
exactly what Johnny's powers are. At least not in a way that I would have discerned that from watching this movie. And I think also it was that slow meandering through that second act that really made the third act and some of the big revelations in it feel rushed. The Gene character, Johnny's mother, her showing up just out of the blue for no damn reason at all, uh, just felt like it, there was a more story there, but it just got rushed. The revelation that the principal, Principal Burke, is Johnny's father was just something that showed up out of the blue, and it felt like there was probably more there, but it was rushed. And, and why... Principal Burke was kidnapping these girls, doing these weird uh, body augmentation things with himself and his his girlfriend, the uh, some administrator within the school. Uh, it, it just was not very clear as to why he was doing what he was doing, and it, it just all, like I said, felt rushed at the very end because we spent so much time with all this imagery and all this metaphor and didn't spend enough time explaining or or even giving us any idea of why things are going on the way they are. We're just, you know, throwing all this stuff right in front of your face and you sort it out. Like trying to put a puzzle together, not only do you not get to see the cover of the puzzle box, you have to put all the pieces together upside down so you can't even see the picture that you're trying to put together as you're putting it together. So like I said, all in all, I I just didn't like this movie. It it wasn't a great movie. And that is in spite of the fact that it had some really interesting visuals. Like I said, the the scenes in the blood were very David Lynch-esque, very surreal, uh, very odd. I wish I could have had that uh, explained to me a little more than than just seeing it and just sometimes things just are in a movie and and I'm okay with that. But when it is so bizarre and weird, I I just need a little something, just a little taste to, to let me know what it is I'm even fucking seeing. But it did have some stunning visuals. It had some really good performances like Kaya McKiernan. I thought did a really good job. I don't think she's the next big thing like they they say in the trailer or like a lot of people are touting. But I think she's a really good young actress and I'm excited to see more for her. Uh, Alicia Silverstone did a fantastic job. Chris Lowell is 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 funny and, and interesting uh, no matter what he's in, even if it does feel like the same character. Uh, Melanie LeBird did a really good job. I wish I could have seen more of her in this movie. I, I think that would have been, you know, have her and, and Alicia Silverstone's Hildy make the movie about them. I, I think I would have been more interested than a ham-fisted coming-of-age story. But yeah, even the good cast just couldn't save... Uh, a script that really needed somebody who had a little better idea how to put a story together uh, helping out. That's not to say I don't uh, wish to see Jennifer a reader uh, and the next movie she does. I just hope somebody else does the script or at least helps out with the script because I think this movie needed a lot of help in the script department, in the storytelling department. And I know you wouldn't know it by today's movies, but Jesus please us, uh, not every horror movie has to teach me a morality lesson. I'll go to church for morals. Uh, when it comes to horror, I want the shit scared out of me. And I do have to say, Shudder, uh, Shudder's not uh, not batting very well uh, when it comes to Shudder original movies this year. Uh, 2021, 2022, I thought they had a couple really 
good years of really fantastic movies. And maybe I'm just kind of blinded by how many good movies they had in like October once they got into the scary horror season. But uh, but they had a couple really solid years of movies, I thought. Uh, this year, it's kind of it's kind of tapered off. I'm, I'm hoping Shudder picks up the pace and and purchases some some better quality movies when it comes to horror uh, as we get into October. You know, that remains to be seen, but uh, I'm really, I've been a little disappointed with some of the Shudder originals in 2023. And this movie has done nothing to dissuade me of that sentiment. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Perpetrator. Like I said, don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. See how you feel about it. You might love the movie. You might get a little more than I did. You might see a little more than I did. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I was just so bored that I, I missed a lot of stuff. But, uh, but for me, it just... It was a good idea. It was an interesting idea. It just wasn't executed very well. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Perpetrator. You can check out more on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our socials, uh, Facebook and Instagram. We're always posting trailers and articles we find all over the internet to add my two thoughts as well on the horror, fantasy, and science fiction that we all love. And of course, uh, you can find out... Uh, What's going on with our latest podcasts by uh, subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform you happen to be listening to it on. Uh, Share it with anyone that you know loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. And please uh, leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. It helps out immensely with those algorithms that, uh, that all the kids are talking about these days. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!